You are listening to the Musician Today weekly podcast with Vera Bermenko. Tune in for your insight into a professional musician's life and awesome new music. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Today's another episode of Musician Today podcast, and we have a very special guest who I'm about to introduce in just a second. I'm sure you know him from his established presence and a storing personality of the electric violin shop. Uh, I don't think there's any electric violinist who hasn't met him in the world. <laughs> so he started playing violin at the age of three in Battle Creek, Michigan. He studied classical violin at Michigan State, Notre Dame, and the University of Toledo as well as summer camps and Blue Lake. Um, he picked up the trumpet in sixth grade in order to join the school band, because uh, his school didn't have an orchestra, and shortly thereafter discovered rock music. He was primarily a trumpet player through his high school and college, then joined a rock band as a trumpet player after moving to Beaumont, Texas after college. Then one fateful day, the guys of the band asked if he knew any fiddle players, so he brought his first Berkusberry pickup, threw it on a pawn shop violin, and relearned how to play the violin again. <laughs> so years or so later, he bought his first Mark Wood Viper and started experimenting with effects and different styles of playing. He played well over a thousand shows with his Texas-based band on violin, trumpet, keys, mandolin, and guitar all over the southern U.S. and into Mexico. In 2008, he and his wife moved to Greenville, North Carolina, and soon became a customer at the electric violin shop. He now lives in Morrisville, North Carolina, and plays full-time with the Greenville bass band Spare Change, working at the electric violin shop part-time. In addition to playing and singing, he's also a studio engineer and a live sound engineer. When he's not playing music, he's spending time with his wife, two kids, boxer puppy, and trying to come up with crazy things to do with his hair. Also, to add, he has his own podcast called Rockstar Violinist, and he's interviewed amazing artists on that show, so go check it out, and welcome, welcome, Mad Bell. Hey, <laughs> Hey, my pleasure. How are you today? I'm peachy. I'm a little intimidated by all the stuff you were just reading. <laughs> wow, sounds like I should go have a beer with that guy. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> So, yay, amazing. So, you guys, just to start off right away, you can find Matt at his website at mattbellviolinist.com. On YouTube, find him by Matt Bell Violinist. Instagram, Matt Bell Violinist. Facebook, Matt Bell Violinist. And his podcast, Rockstar Violinist. So, if you listen to on SoundCloud, forward slash Rockstar Violinist, you can find him in amazing interviews with people like Mark Wood, and that viola kid, and all these amazing artists that... I love and you love too. Okay, all right. So um, I heard Matt that you are producing a new album. I am. I am. It's. Um, I spent roughly twenty years of my life playing in party bands, um, doing mostly cover stuff and and right. just a super wide variety of styles. And and it was paying the bills and it was great. It was a lot of fun and I enjoyed it. Um, and, it, and it sort of, that all kind of came to an end in December when I left the band that I've been with for 10 years Aww. and it's like, okay, now, now what? Mm -hmm. So maybe, maybe it's time now that I'm like this decrepit aging old man <laughs> that I need to, maybe I need to figure out what, what, what I, 
theme and what I say and what I think musically. Mm-hmm. Um, I had always done a lot of writing, but had not really um, hadn't really released any stuff that I thought was was me. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's um, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I think this project is probably going to be an EP. Ooh. Um, and then I sort of tossed around the idea of a full album, but I think I'm at EP level now, and I've already got the next project sort of spinning in my head. So nice. I know the feeling. <laughs> With the yeah. first album, you're already writing the tenth, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's true. Okay. Well, why don't we have a listen to one? Um, this is being with you. Okay. Enjoy, guys. Yeah. I hate warm beer. I hate come over here. I hate a Britney Spears as a musketeer. I hate wet jeans. I hate the Wolverines. I hate people who don't like Marines. I hate traffic. I hate yellow cones. I hate turning cartwheels with lots of broken bones. I hate socks. I hate wearing shoes. I hate waking up. I just did snooze. But I like whipped cream. I like a big screen. I like everything that's in between. I like sweets, cheese, devotees. I like eating hot dogs unless they're green. I like high speed. I like intrigue. I like 
That was awesome. (laughs) Just so you know, I hate wearing socks and shoes too. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's like a music thing. Like we want to be free, right? (laughs) So um, this song is fun and whimsical, but it's also written about your wife. Yeah, it is. And and, uh, I do want to point out there are no guitars in that tune at all. Everything you heard that sounded like a guitar is actually violin. violin. Yes, nice. Um, Six string or seven string violin and, uh, you know, run through martial amps and all that kind of stuff. We like to get loud and shake the walls a little bit around here. Woohoo! But yeah, the whole squeeze cheese devotees thing, that's my wife. And, <laughs> and uh, she, she do she do love some squeeze cheese. <laughs> nice. And it, it's funny, writing that song kind of started out as an exercise. Um, you know, hey, let's see if I can just, and I've got several songs that actually started out as an exercise. And that's songwriting is a lot like playing mm-hmm. in that it's a, it's a skill that you have to practice. Yes. That's true. So it's not just, you know, the Beatles didn't just, you know, wake up one day and yesterday just fell out of their head. They, they had written thousands of songs. Yeah. And it's, it's a craft. It's an art. It's a thing that you do. So um, I, I won't say that I'm any good at it yet, but I'm, I'm practicing. Well, so. it sounds amazing. <laughs> so is that sort of like what you're going to have on this new album? Yeah, that's going to be one of the tunes on the album. Right. I actually wrote that several years ago, and uh, my band did a version of that live for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that particular tune, um, I actually have played uh, in public before with my band in sort of a different arrangement. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's now it's mine, and it's me, and, and I get to make all the artistic decisions. And, yes, yeah. awesome. So speaking of balancing you and <laughs> everything else, so how do you go about actually keeping up an active career as a performer and having a family? And like, has it been a challenging journey? Yes, uh, it has been a challenging journey. Um, the band that I just left, I had been with for 10 years. Mm-hmm, wow. And um, we were doing 150 or so dates a year. And then I'm also pretty active in my church, so maybe I have another 50 dates a year there. Mm-hmm. You're looking at 200 days a year mm-hmm. where you're playing. And nice. I have a wife and two kids, and um, it, it's definitely a strain. I, I can't say that it's not um, it's not without cost. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a stay-at-home dad with both of my kids. My wife was working a day job. My wife is actually Aww. a physician. Mm-hmm. And nice. was working um, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 hours a week sometimes herself. Wow. Um, you, you just have to sort of use, you have to use all 24 hours in the day. That's true. Um, it's, it's not a, music, as you know, is not a nine to five job. Yep. It's not a, and it's not a thing that's only Monday to Friday. It, it could be at, at 2 a.m. on a Saturday. Yep. Uh, or, <laughs> So the balance is that when you are home, you gotta be present. That's true. Yeah, you gotta use um, all the waking hours wisely. <laughs> Something Gary V says. Yeah, that's true. It's the hours that you're awake that matter. <laughs> right. Now you're sleeping. If, if anything gets sacrificed, that's it. Yeah. The the the, the sleep is what gets sacrificed. So. Um, oh, hello. The, I'm just trying to walk in on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, that's, I mean, if you can't sacrifice work time because that's what's keeping the lights on. Yeah. And you can't sacrifice family time because that's what's making it worth keeping the lights on. Then, you know, sleep is kind of what gets sacrificed. And having outside hobbies is kind of like what gets sacrificed. People are like, what do you do for fun? Like, well, I work and I spend time with my family. There's really not much time for other stuff. Yeah, that's true. I can completely relate to that. It's there's either my family and work and there's nothing else in between. Right. But that's okay. You're you're happy doing what you do, right? So that's what matters most. Absolutely. All right. Why don't hear another song? And that one's actually a lullaby written for your daughter and your son is singing on it. If I'm correct. Yeah. All right. This is going to be a trip. Yep. Okay. Enjoy, guys. This is Close Your Eyes. Close your eyes, little one, go to sleep, the day is done, there'll be
interesting <laughs> so how you give a three-year-old a microphone i know but he was actually in tune on some harmonies there so that, that's pretty cool <laughs> um, well, he's uh, he's really not much of a singer but um it's it's all right he's a, he's a much more talented athlete than i ever will be so well, you know teaching kids that age and some older every day actually I notice how they, they're really good at imitating. So when you do something, they will pick it up. It's kind of like this innate sort of, uh, you can call it perfect pitch or something, right? <laughs> so if you do it, they will do it, right? <laughs> yeah, it's funny, like, you know, everybody always asks me, like, are your kids playing? And honestly, no, they're not playing. No. Um, we sort of put instruments in their hands when they were young mm -hmm. and they just weren't, neither one of them really was interested. Um, my son plays a little bit of guitar mm -hmm. now, but because he's kind of a metalhead like his dad. But nice. um, my daughter sings, but doesn't really play, and mm -hmm. that's fine. It's not Absolutely. music wasn't something that was forced on me. It's something that I wanted. Um, yeah. So each of them have activities that they do that are things that they wanted to do, and I just I wasn't going to force music on. It's it's too hard to make a living in this business to to get into it. Be, because somebody made you. Yeah, that's true. I think it's like that in anything. Um, whatever your true passion is, you have to stick with that. So um, a lot of the kids I teach too, some of their parents just want them to do it so they are familiar with it, so they have some kind of cultural experience. But sure. the truth is, in the end, you have to, yeah, you have, um, in today's world, we're getting so, so busy. <laughs> There's so much info that exists out there. There's an unlimited potential to what you could possibly do. You can create a unique type of coaching job for life for yourself. So anything, really. So music could be always a part of it, but if they want to do something else, absolutely, why not? Yeah, you can you can tell with your students which ones are in it because yeah. they want it, because yes. it's in their soul and they have to do it, and which ones are there because mom's making them. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you can tell right away. <laughs> so how do you go from something that sounds very rock and to something that's so mellow and a lullaby. What, what was it like, yeah, what's, what's going through your head? <laughs> so, you know, music is just what they feel like. Music is what emotion sounds like. And yeah. so I think, you know, we have a wide range of emotions. Um, so I think you just, you have to be able to express those in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, you know, a little bit of that versatility comes from being in cover bands for so long where 
you know, you might have to play a Janet Jackson song and then a minute later you're playing, you know, a Charlie Daniels song. And it's like, you know, you have to learn how to play these wildly different styles. Yep. That, yeah, you just, you sort of learn how to do it. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. So, um, I wonder, uh, how did you actually, was it through electric violin shop that you picked up electric violin or how were you introduced to it? Do you have a role model that sort of is like an electric violinist and you look up to them? No, it's funny. You can, and you can tell from, from most of my original stuff, not close your eyes, but the other stuff, my influences are mostly guitar players. Ah, nice. So I never wanted to be a violinist. I had actually quit playing violin. I wanted to be a violinist on the classical side when I was a kid. But mm-hmm. once I discovered rock and roll, I was like, yeah. well, I don't, I don't, you know, this classical stuff doesn't really move me the way rock and roll does. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I focused primarily on trumpet for so long because I was seeing bands touring with trumpet players. You know, Aerosmith had a horn section, Black Crows had a horn section, nice. Blood, Sweat, Tears, Chicago, and all these all these rock bands had horn sections. I didn't see any rock bands with violinists. Apparently, uh, Kansas had made it to the little town that I lived in. Um, <laughs> this is all pre-internet too, so I didn't know about Parkwood and I didn't know about uh, all the people that were doing this stuff. I didn't know about Mahavishnu Orchestra. So I saw trumpet as the way for me to get into the rock and roll business. Mm-hmm. So when I ended up the guys in my band in Texas wanted a fiddle player. They were thinking like George Strait country fiddle. And mm-hmm. I ended up buying this Mark Wood Viper and it was like, my guitar player is like, hey, you should plug this thing into an amp because it looked like a guitar. So we did. <laughs> I went, oh, oh, oh. The first time I heard distortion and wah coming out of my violin, I was like, that is yes. the sound I want to make. So I started hanging out with guitar players, and fortunately, the town I lived in was infested with them. Mm-hmm. There's just Texas is this, um, and you know, we'll, we'll have a tune of mine, Exile, that we'll listen to in a while. But mm-hmm. um, Texas is this hotbed of guitar talent. Stevie Ray Vaughan is from there. Eric Johnson is from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just saw these amazed guitar players. So I was learning from those guys. Mm-hmm. So most of my influences, honestly, are guitar players. I can um, relate to that completely. Some people told me that my stuff sounds like Malmsteen. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I didn't he's, know who he was. He's, he's a violinist. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a guitarist, right? And I'm a violinist. Yeah. And um, so somebody interviewed me for their magazine, and they said, "Oh, was he your influence?" I'm like, "Let me actually check who that is." I'm like, "You know what? Yeah, I know his music growing up from like it's familiar to me, but I don't even know." <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, he was the other one. He's actually a guitar player that was mostly influenced by violinists. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but my thing was was more sort of Hendrix and Santana and Stevie Ray Vaughan and 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 these, these rockers, man. I, Eddie Van Halen. I wanted to rock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right. Why don't we have a listen to Exile? And this one, uh, you are playing actually all the violins. Yes. And... There's one little small guitar part in there, but mm-hmm. the overwhelming majority of what you're hearing is uh, is violin, bass, and drums. Violin. Amazing. Okay, this is Exile, guys. Enjoy. 
Lawrence. I think I heard a cow moo at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I want my album to sound like when I get my electric viper. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. I, you know, and the thing is for me is I'm not I'm not a virtuosic player. You know, I'm I'm not a guy that's that's gonna have these explosions of just you know virtuosic stuff. I'm very like seldom face, face melting you know, solo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not a Paganini level player, and I think it's it's important to recognize that. And for me, it's always been more about expressing emotion than it has been just these complete, you know, mind blowing acrobatics on the instrument. Um, and I think that's that's what speaks to people. So um, no matter what your level of skill is, I think that's the most important thing. Right. So, you know, even just looking at YouTube, people who play these amazing virtuosic things like, yeah, some of them get exposure, but most people who get exposure, it's not for that technique. It's for things that make someone feel right. It, it could be very simple one note <laughs> piece, but it could just be so amazing that it makes everybody watch it. Right. So I don't think it really matters to be super virtuosic anymore as much as it did matter way back maybe in the 19th century <laughs> well and, and i think too is that you know you've got to understand in, in the 21st century it's about um you know especially in live performance it's about entertaining yes you know it's, it's about being engaging with an audience about mm -hmm. being entertaining um i'm a singer and a player and and um you know, on the, on the in the band that I work with, you got six of us on stage that are that are pinging around like a bunch of nuts up there. <laughs> it's it's about putting on the show and entertaining people mm -hmm. and not playing at them, but playing to them and with them. And with them, yes. So it's an immersive um, experience that people leave feeling better than they did when they came in. Yes. Totally, hundred <laughs> percent. That's what you pay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, if you're wanting to do music for a living, you're you can understand that some of the the best paying gigs that you're playing, you don't come out of first position. Mm -hmm. You know, you're gonna, you know, Canon and D is gonna make you more money than than any of your private stuff will. And as soul crushing as it can be to play Canon and D. Um, <laughs> yeah. For the five thousandth time, and my God, what you know? Please don't make it song again. Um, and, and in the pop world, it's it's not can I, I don't play Camden and D really, but it's um, you know it's Brown Eyed Girl. Or it's, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Like seriously, do you really want to hear Margarita Bill? <laughs> okay, it's fine. You know, mm -hmm. it's if you want to get paid to play music. You're gonna to have to play some of the stuff that you're not super excited about. Yeah. You got you gotta act like you wrote it. You know, you gotta you gotta act like, oh no, man, I would love to play <laughs> Brown Girl for you. I would love to play Wagon Wheel again. Yes. <laughs> and it's you know what? Make it fun. Yes. You know, people complain about Devil Down in Georgia, or people complain about Wagon Wheel. It's like, well, if it's not any fun for you to play then make it fun for you to play. Change it up. Play yeah. it faster. Mm -hmm. Don't, you know, do it in E instead of D. 
if you're so good that you know you're just too good to play that song play that f sharp dude now tell me how good you are right that's true so you know you get if it's not challenging enough for you you just can't possibly be bothered to play something that's not challenging we'll make it challenging absolutely put an improv section in there change the key change the tempo do something and uh you know if it's not interesting to you that's your fault not anybody else's that's true i had a teacher at university she told me you know you can graduate playing twinkle twinkle little star but if you know how to challenge yourself playing that then you're good for life yeah so I'll never forget that. <laughs> okay, so we also have coming up Tantrum, a punk tune inspired yeah, by son, an argument. <laughs> my son, um, I love him to death, and he's a great kid now. He's 12 years old. He's fantastic. But for the first six months of his life, he was either sleeping or screaming. Those were your two choices, and the sleeping was not happening nearly enough. My wife and I were were uh, understandably stressed out, kind of at the end of our rope most of the time. That was just our standard deal. Was that we were just we were strung out on baby crying. And she asked me to do something, you know, like, hey, can you put this in the dishwasher? And my reaction was, I don't have to do anything. I don't want to. <laughs> and I was like, that was like the biggest two-year-old tantrum. <laughs> possibly thrown, but I went, you know what? There's a song here. <laughs> yes. So I wrote the song, and then my son, on the outro of the song, you will hear it is, it's his recorded debut. He was probably, I don't know, two months old or something. <laughs> and was writing the song, and I was like, he needs to participate in the song that he inspired. <laughs> I pulled his pacifier out of his mouth, I stuck a microphone in his face. And he nailed it on the first take. <laughs> nice. This is an actual recording at the end yes. of the song of yes. my son doing the thing that made me want to write this song. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, let's hear it, guys. This is the tantrum. I don't have to do anything that I don't want to. I don't have to do anything that I don't want to.
I know right. what I'm gonna do when I have kids. <laughs> yeah, just you're gonna have to just write a lot of really loud music. <laughs> and, and it's funny. This is actually one of those sort of things. As I was writing this song, I was like, man, it's just it's a stupid little three chord thing. It's gonna be too easy. I was like, you know what? A flat. I'm gonna do it in A flat. Mm-hmm. So I had to sort of challenge myself to. To, and that that's that solo was just that was that wasn't a written solo or some of my solos were more written solo that was just an improv thing nice. that I just I rolled tape and improv and that's what came out yeah so cool. um, it was you got to challenge yourself to improv in, in a flat mm-hmm. or um, you know sometimes if I'm gonna if I'm gonna if I if I think gosh I'm not really getting anything that I like then maybe I'll rethink it and I'll think more in terms of G-sharp. I'll play it in G-sharp, which is, it's the same, right? Yeah. But if you're thinking in terms of G-sharp rather than thinking in terms of A-flat, you're going to play different stuff. Yes, that's true. <laughs> we do that all the time well, with my students, like replace it the way you think so that it works. Yeah. Right. That's really cool. So yeah, challenging yourself on anything, it you know, changing the way you do it. You could be playing one line of music that literally has like four quarter notes, but if you do it right, if you know how to practice it, this could turn into like a 40 minute workout. For sure. <laughs> Amazing. So we still have one more commercial tune <laughs> and it was inspired by a friend who gets into relationships and makes horrible decisions. <laughs> You know, I don't want anybody thinking like that this song is autobiographical. This, uh, if, if you listen to the words, the, the person and, and this poor person just is, is really a sweet guy and, and wants, to, wants to be loved and wants to be appreciated. He just cannot, for the life of him, make good relationship decisions. And uh, this song was kind of like the, the tension between... Um, like making medicine, like I stayed out too late last night and I sort of did some stuff that I understand. I came home and all my stuff's in the yard. <laughs> I just need to know that you love me, that you know, that you're not going to leave me and, you know, never mind my stuff in the yard. So it's this tension between <laughs> doing awful things, but expecting or needing a result that comes from the opposite of doing those yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we've all been there at some point. <laughs> It's just, you know, you got to put yourself in an emotional place in order to write. And this was, uh, this was really almost exercise in, in writing something that's commercial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it definitely uh, has that sound. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> I think you nailed it there. <laughs> yeah. Like, no guitars in here at all. all. All violins. All violin. Amazing. Okay, guys, let's have a listen. This is Tell Me, Tell Me. to drink, I think, that's when it happened, yeah, that thing, you see, when I came home, oh, you were gone, I know I fucked up, but I need to hear you say, tell me, tell me that everything's alright, you know I don't mean to start a fight, 
commercials from the 90s <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome well okay so what we have also we like to have some fun on the show so what i've prepared today is kind of like a rapid fire series of questions that you have to answer in under a minute <laughs> okay. are you up for that always okay so some of them are silly some of them are serious but the main point is to not overthink and kind of give us the first answer that comes to your mind there's never any danger in me overthinking. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so I'm gonna start a countdown. Tell me if you can hear that. Can you hear me? Okay. All right. No worries. So we'll be able to hear it, but we won't be able to hear it. So I'll just tell you if we timed out. <laughs> All right. Okay. So guys, are you ready? Matt, you ready? Always. Okay. Ready? Okay. How long have you been a part of Electric Violin Shop? Uh, 
Four years. All right. At what age did you pick up violin? Three. What are the names of your children? Isaac and Micah. Yay! Violin, acoustic or electric? Electric! Yay! What motivates you? Um, love. All right. Which YouTuber you just can't stop watching? Oh, gosh. Um, I, I don't have any. I don't really follow any. Okay. Your favorite songs to cover. Name three. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I'll probably say Devil Went Down to Georgia. Mm -hmm. I'll say Dave Matthews, Ants Marching, and um, I don't know, probably something about Hailstorm. Okay. Name three people you admire. Uh, my dad, my wife, and um, Ross Holmes. All right. You're out of time, but okay, let's finish this. Dogs or cats? Dogs. <laughs> Yay. Name three violinists you follow on Instagram. Oh, gosh. I follow a thousand of them. Uh, Chuck Von Fricker, <laughs> Joe Denizan, and Mark Wood. Yay. Okay. So we ran out of time. But anyway, thanks for playing. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve an applause. Woo! Okay. So now before we go, I would like to ask you one more thing. Um, what would be the one sort of genuine piece of advice you would give to a younger musician entering the industry today who want to have an active performance career? Hmm. <laughs> Gosh, it's, yeah. You're going to have to know how to do it all, mm -hmm. but don't, don't sacrifice all. You've got to be able to play, right? So obviously that's a super important thing, but it's not the only thing. Mm -hmm. And you've got to be able to handle your business and that's a super important thing, but it's not the only thing. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a balance between talent and, and uh, ability, but also marketability. I've seen too many people that, that go too far one side or the other. Mm -hmm. Like they've got like insane amount of talent, but they don't have to turn any of that into money. Or you've got guys that know how to go like market this thing, but there's no depth or value to that thing. And I think we all, I think we can all think of people that have done that, right? Oh yeah. So make sure that you've got something, that you've got talent, you've got some depth of musicality, and you've got your business stuff together. And um, and I guess the last thing would just be that it's authentic, that it's you. Don't try to. Don't try to be what you think the market wants you to be. Mm -hmm. You gotta be you. Cause the market I think really values authenticity over any, anything else. That's true. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> that's a helpful advice. Yeah. I find that's, that's, that seems to be the theme with most of our guests. It means stay true to you. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming in today. Um, yeah, so much for having me. We love hearing your music, love hearing your stories. And uh, guys, you can find Matt at his website at mattbellviolins.com. Is that where the album will be when it's ready? This, is that what I think so. Um, <laughs> I haven't really thought that far ahead yet. I, I sort of fly by the seat of my pants. So. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to get this thing done, and then the the what now? Uh, I haven't gotten that far yet. Okay. I guess I'll ask some people who know better than me. 
All right. So guys, follow Matt everywhere then. See if the album is there. <laughs> if you follow me, you will not be able yeah. to get away from it. I will beat you <laughs> to death this thing. That's right. So go find him on YouTube. Find him on Instagram at Matt Bell Violinist. On Facebook at Mabel Violinist. Listen to the Rockstar Violinist podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to podcasts. He's got amazing guests in there. And we would love to have you back. I am having a few upgrades installed to my system. So I'd love to invite all of my guests back in maybe a couple months down the road where maybe you have more music ready for the release of your album. And you can yes. tell us more about the process. That would be amazing. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right, let's do it. Well, thank you so much. Have an amazing day. And yeah, thank looking you. Looking forward to hearing from you soon. Yeah, peace, love, and loud violins. Yay! Bye. That's all, folks. If you like Iron Fiddle songs, download them at yourbermanka.com forward slash music. See you next time.